Hey everyone, it's Blake Lovell and welcome in to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, uh, not a lot of noteworthy news items uh, this week necessarily that we haven't already discussed, uh, either on the podcast or on the website at 411mania.com. So I uh, wanted to focus in on one specific topic this week, and that is the state of WWE Raw. And uh, the reason for this is, you know, we always see it each week. There are a lot of comments on social media, as we know. Um, if you're a regular visitor of the website, 411 Mania, um, you know that there is a lot of interaction when it comes to uh, Raw each week, because it is still, for a lot of people, um, or for WWE, considered the the flagship show uh, in wrestling, the one that has been around the longest, um, the one that, which they will let you remind you of uh, a lot, the longest running weekly episodic uh, television show that there is, but yet it continues to be one week after week um, that certainly at times leads to a lot of disappointment for wrestling fans. And I think this past week's episode was one that, honestly, I don't know that you could say was that different from some of the other episodes of the past. It just seems like it's one that the trend has continued with Raw and seemingly WWE's ability to just not know what to do sometimes with the three hours of of television that it has on its hands just on Monday night. Now, we know with NXT and SmackDown, um, you know, two-hour shows... And they are certainly built up a bit differently. And that is sort of the line that people have brought up is the company that's producing Raw is the same one that is producing NXT and SmackDown, which for me, I would argue, you know, are two of the better shows each week. Um, you you know, you will have people throwing dynamite in there and all that as well. But I think it, it's hard sometimes to look at NXT and to look at SmackDown. Um, and, you know, not every NXT or SmackDown episode is perfect either, but they just seem like they have much clearer direction when it comes to those two shows for the most part. But on Raw, it just seems like week after week, there just has not been that direction necessarily. And it seems like a lot of things are thrown together on the fly. Now, this is nothing unusual. If you <laughs> read all the rumors and uh, reports out there, which you know we've discussed many times on the site uh, with the reports that are out there on the script changes and um, you know, Vince McMahon changing things and all that, that seems to be something that is reported on a regular basis. Now, I know there's some people that may not believe that, may believe it's just rumor and hearsay, uh, but it is something that has become a common theme uh, over the years in WWE. And and that kind of goes into the point of discussing Raw right now in that everything in WWE runs through one person. We understand this. I think anyone who's watched this company long enough knows. And and again, if you are someone that is invested as a fan and you do keep up with with news and and reports and that type of stuff you know that vince mcmahon is the guy that that everything is going through in wwe and it is going to be that way until vince mcmahon decides that is not going to be that way um that is just how it is and so when you start to look at ideas for how do you improve a show like raw um and we're going to discuss some of them i'm just going to throw some things out there that to me off the top of my head Someone who, you know, not only tries to cover it, um, you know, as a writer, but also just as a fan in general, what are some things that you feel like could really improve this particular show each and every week? And and that is kind of where the problem lies in that you can have all the suggestions you want. 
you can come up with all these ideas, but if everything still is going to run through one person, um, it's ultimately going to come down to what that person thinks. And I think that's what we see so many times now with Raw, where, okay, if there are storylines that don't make sense, if there are things that week to week you see that don't really connect to each other, and you think, well, how did that happen? Or why is there no you know storyline cohesion here? It could be because of that, because there just is not that consistency to where on a whim you want to change everything. Um, and that's where, you know, when we say, when the, if the WWE has a creative problem, is it a writer's problem? Which I think sometimes, you know, it's easy to say, well, WWE is hiring all these writers from Hollywood and, and all these other places that don't necessarily have any involvement with the product or don't even have a long-term investment in terms of maybe they haven't even been fans um, you know, over the years and are just jumping into this thing, they're the problem. I don't know that that's completely fair to say because I don't know that we know exactly what some of those ideas are that may be out there that could help improve the product or could give you some of those hot type storylines that maybe you see a little bit more seemingly now. And that's what we're saying. Like you feel like you have some of those hot storylines on SmackDown and wrestling is something that, that ebbs and flows in terms of creativity and all that. Like there will be storylines that come along that are very hot. You know, we had some of those going into WrestleMania. Um, there's always kind of that lull seemingly after WrestleMania. Uh, although we, you know, we still have WrestleMania technically now as we head towards uh, WrestleMania backlash. But um, I think that's the thing is I don't know that it's just as easy to say that WWE issue is with its writers because we don't necessarily know the whole time. Okay. Do we know what we're getting from these writers? Do we know every single idea that they come up with? Uh, because if everything is still filtering through one person, that makes it a little hard to judge and know what is the specific issue. And again, I know a lot of people have very strong opinions about this in terms of what they think is the exact reasoning why Raw is kind of where it is now. And if, look, the numbers score to sort of support where things are at at this point. Uh, Roth brought in, uh, what was it? I think it averaged around 1.7, 1.8 million viewers uh, this past week. Uh, that was down from the previous week, which was down from the previous week before that, uh, which of course was the one that came right after WrestleMania. And that to me is is telling because yes, we've seen ratings go down over the years. You know, many years ago, if you'd have told someone that Raw was going to bring in about 1.8 million viewers, they, they would have thought that you had no idea what you're talking about because, you know, that's when ratings, of course, were at a much different level. But still, even in the an era that we're in here without, you know, full crowds still at this point um, at the weekly TV shows, uh, it's something that that is telling. It is showing you that, you know, the interest right now, yes, you will get your, your bumps after WrestleMania. You'll get your ratings bump uh, for a Legends night, that type of stuff. But on the week to week basis, there are just things that are not keeping people uh, invested in this particular product. Um, and again, this is not always just a raw related thing. That's what we're discussing now. Um, wrestling in general, as we know, throughout this period, at times there have been some of these where the ratings just have not been there. And for various reasons, um, you know, with everything going on, there's lots of things you can look into on that. But if we focus specifically on raw, knowing that the ratings are, are down, we're past WrestleMania, so what do people have to look forward to? And as we're saying, I don't know that WrestleMania Backlash is one of these just must-see events right now that you feel like in your head is something that you have to tune in week to week to see what things are going to look like as you get uh, to that point at WrestleMania Backlash. 
um, here in a couple weeks. Uh, the key demo, you know, for this past week, I think it was down to uh, a 0.49, which is down from the 0.61 uh, rating in, in the key demo from last week. So that shows you that that 18 to 49 group, um, they're also not necessarily invested right this second in how things are going on Raw. And, and for me, again, it's it, there's a lot of different things we could talk about here. Um, and, you know, not having a crowd, it's not ideal. It limits some of the things you can do. Uh, but at the end of the day, here's what the way it works. In wrestling, it is about the, the action in the ring, and it's about the story that goes along with it. And and I think for WWE, it, the roster is not the problem. They have a roster that is very, very talented, but they just don't have that consistent storytelling week to week, that consistent character development outside of some of your bigger guys, which that's what we're saying. We're talking raw here. You know, Roman Reigns is on a completely different level right now on SmackDown. Um, that's one of those where you're not going to get that at every single spot on the card. But it even on Raw, like, you just don't feel like you have a lot of that anywhere. Like, even anyone maybe with that potential right now to even get close to a level like that, you don't necessarily know that you feel like you have that on Raw. Um, and, and I think that is the bigger issue. It's not just the fact that maybe everything does run through one person. It's not just that you don't have a crowd. It's not just that maybe, you know, some of the writers aren't necessarily the greatest fit. But again, we don't know that. It's it's a bigger thing in that it's wrestling can be very simple. Like it can be something that is very simple if you can just tell a good story, if you have good characters that can tell that story, and if you have talented people who can go in the ring, which WWE has a lot of, um, that is really all you need to, to really have that success um, in wrestling. And, and I think that if you look at some of the things that really stand out, it starts there. They have three hours of primetime television on Monday night every single week. And the three hours period is always seemingly going to be a challenge. But when you have such a big roster and you have the type of roster that they have, you should be able to find a way to put together three hours of television on that one night on Raw that should be able to sort of meet a better standard maybe than, than where it is right now. And I think that's where it comes down to it's not something that this has become a short-term thing. These are things that have built up, I think, over the long haul in WWE that have started to mount to where, you know, you look back. Is it just the fact that really one of the things that I think they've really struggled with is you have to go back to so many of these rematches and you have to go back to some of these same stories with the same people because the undercard is not built up maybe the way we used to see it built up. You know, maybe there were guys that, that you would consider in that mid card or even lower at one point that still felt like they were acts that you could really get invested in or there was something about them that they had a story that made you care. Maybe it was just the fact that they were very good at professional wrestling that they were very good wrestlers they could work very well in the ring um but i just don't know that we we have seen enough of that and i don't think that's something that wwe has necessarily done a really good job of again this is across the board but really on raw specifically because they do have the three hours and if you're telling me that in that three hours um you know you can't find a way to add in more video packages to highlight some of these people lower on the card that maybe right now are not in those featured stories, but could eventually be there because that's the only way that you get them to that point. You don't just have them sit in the back and then all of a sudden they reappear 
um, months after you know something and, and people are supposed to automatically get invested in them. That's just not how it works. You have to be able to build these people up um, organically to be able to help people care about them more. And I think that's one of the issues in that you know you have these video packages that are available to you. And this is a this is a company technology. They have no shortage of technology. Like we've seen some of the video stuff they produced over the years, and specifically you know look at some of the recent NXT stuff. And a lot of people have talked about that. They have done such a good job with some of these video packages hyping up these big-time, big-feel-type matches. Um, you could do that every single week on Raw with the amount of time that you have. You could put a lot more into being able to do that, but if you're changing your, you know, if you're changing your script, if you're changing your ideas um, hours before the show starts, you can't do that. And that's the thing, is it doesn't really allow you that type of flexibility. And I think another thing... Again, these are ideas that are nothing new, but it's just, I think when you see this show get to this point at times, um, it frustrates you as a long-term fan because you've seen what it's been able to be. And yes, completely different era, but you know the interviews, that's another thing to where some of these interviews don't really do these people a whole lot of favors because they feel very robotic. Uh, we can talk about the scripts and we can say that all you want, but they're, they're not moving away from that at this point. But one of the things we mentioned as well, when we talked about WrestleMania 37, you had the weather delay, um, and then you just had everyone kind of thrown in immediately. As soon as they announced the weather delay, okay, go cut these promos. And you saw some of them come out really well. Some of them weren't so great, but guess what? After being ingrained in every line being scripted for years, um, some talent probably couldn't do well with that because they were so used to being on that scripted part of it. But some, you know, take a Kevin Owens, for example, or, or some others. Uh, I'm trying to think of everyone off the top of my head that had some interviews uh, during that weather delay. But like these people actually, if they are good enough and understand their character, which a lot of people do um, and understand what they're trying to get across, they can do that. And I think these robotic interviews, um, I would point to the one that Rhea Ripley had the night after WrestleMania that was on the, the post-WrestleMania Raw. Um, it was just, you know, and a lot of people pointed out on social media, it just felt so scripted, and it just felt like so non-Rhea Ripley. And I think that's what turns you off if you're trying to get invested in these people that WWE is really trying to spotlight. Um, you know, for someone like her specifically, um, you want her to be her. You don't want her to be a robotic scripted version of herself. But I think that's where they're sort of shoehorning um, some of these people into these roles and it just doesn't work. And so that also kind of hurts the interest a bit uh, with some of that. But if you don't take the time to develop those people that aren't in featured storylines right now and give them a spot somewhere in those three hours of television you have, um, it, you're going to pay for it eventually because you, you don't have anywhere else to turn. You have to keep going back to the same matches. You have to keep having feuds that have three to five match series because you don't have nowhere else to turn. And, you know, we've seen that with so many of these where it's like, you know, when people get into these programs, they're going to have probably at least three matches. Um, and, and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel special by the time you get to that second or third match sometimes. And, um, it just feels like it's there to be there. Um, and I think that's the biggest problem, uh, WWE has. And, you know, you could point to the 50, 50 booking. Um, you could point to just the same type of matchups. Uh, I know last year was a little bit different with the pandemic and, 
and really just, you know, the roster itself. And there were a lot of different things they were trying to juggle last year. But I think one thing you always kind of look back to is that that Street Profits uh, versus Angel Garza and Andrade feud that just felt like that they had so many matches. Uh, but even, you know, ones like Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, it felt like that one got extended maybe further than you thought it was going to. Um, and of course, you know, the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt feud, that goes without saying how long that's gone on at this point. Uh, those are a little bit different, but th- that goes into that category, though, of ones where you just feel like you have to drag a certain feud along because what are your money matches right now on Raw? Like, what are the matches they built up that people are so invested and salivating for at this point where it's like, okay, I have to tune in because I want to eventually see these two get together and put together this just huge, massive match. I just don't know where that is right now on Raw, and I think it's a product of not necessarily being able to stay consistent with the stories you're telling with the majority of the people that you have. Um, and I think that's kind of where they're at. They're stuck with that. Um, you know, yes, there's still plenty you feel like to work with on SmackDown because I you know I said it in the, the article I mentioned uh, last week on the, you know, who should dethrone Roman Reigns is eventually as the universal champion. Well, the reason that is such a hot topic and it's something that's such, um, you know, an interesting discussion is because they have booked Rome, Roman Reigns as well as they booked anyone in a long, long time with this character. And, you know, I'm sure it's been a, a mix of Paul Heyman and, and Reigns himself. And, you know, Vince, of course, has a hand in that. But it's just, they've done that almost masterfully for the most part. Uh, but it's like, you put a lot of attention on that and you put a lot of focus into that, but you should still be able to find a way to do those types of things on Raw. And, and you know, it really just feels like for the most part, Raw has been kind of the one that's just been left behind in this whole thing. And, and you know, I, there's just so many different reasons why you could point to. And I think that's where that frustration, like I said, just continues to build if you're a fan because the three hours thing, it, it's hard. I mean, we said from the beginning when they started this three hours thing, and I'm, you know, it's been years now, but you knew it was going to be a challenge. And really, even some of the pay-per-views, we know. I mean, some of them now are have been two and a half hours. And yes, if you take the commercials out and all that on Raw uh, every Monday, you know, it comes out to about equal. But it's just, it's hard to do three hours every week, no matter what. Uh, but that's where I think you have to understand, because you're already going to be kind of with your back against the wall if you're WWE, getting people to focus on these three hours every single Monday night and not just do it habitually because that's what a lot of people do still, I'd say. I mean, there are a lot of people who maybe still just watch Raw out of habit, uh, and it's something that you've done for years and years and years. And yes, you know, I'm someone that, you know, I, I watch it every week just to try to to be knowledgeable about what's going on, uh, but I know there are a lot of people out there who probably don't have to do it, but yet you still do it just because it's sort of that thing where it is, you know, it's it's new run wrestling, and it's um, it's something that you've just watched for years and years and years, but they, they don't do any favors uh, to be able to, again, keep people coming back for more out of interest, not maybe out of habit. Uh, and I think that's something that, that has just become such a big problem. Uh, but but again, knowing you, you already have the challenge of that three hours, you've got to be able to understand that the consistency, uh, the development of characters, um, all those things have to go into this. But um, you know, could you, could WWE do more things to add that extra variety? You know, one of the things I was thinking was, yes, they have so many pay-per-views still, um, but you know, you, you can have some of those sort of special theme type Raws. Like I think that's something that, that would really boost 
those, not necessarily just the ratings, but I think it would boost interest or would give you something different. Uh, and by the way, I'm not talking about just doing the Legends Night stuff. That doesn't work anymore. They've ran that one into the ground so much um, to where, yes, they may get a rating out of it, but every single time you bring the same Legends back, it only gives you that that boost of nostalgia so many times. And I think they've kind of ran that concept so far now that it doesn't give you, as a fan, the same type of uh, feeling that it used to. Uh, but that, you know, you can say the same thing about a lot of things they do, where, if the, you know, you run the rematches and they give you the same product over and over and over. Um, it, it only holds on to you for so long. Uh, and I think this is where, you know, you can turn to some of those themed episodes. You know, we've seen AEW do this. We've seen NXT do this. Um, you know, with the Halloween Havoc, we've seen AEW do it uh, with some of the other stuff they've done to where you just offer some sort of different presentation, um, some sort of different uh, idea for that specific night, whether that's a King of the Ring themed, you know, episode of Raw, um, whether it's it's anything like that that just offers a different setting. Um, I think that's that's so important for a show like Raw that is as long as it is. Again, I know the people that are listening to this. Um, I've probably said these same things for years now, uh, but understanding that, again, the, the decision is going to ultimately wind up in the hands of one person, um, and, and that one person being able to change all these different things is going to be very hard to do uh, because it does come at the whim of that one individual, uh, and that makes it so challenging. So if you even try to do some of these things where you have the different theme weeks, again, whether it's a King of the Ring, um, whether it's a special, you know, I, I don't know. There, there's so many different ideas you could work with um, on that to where you could have these special themed episodes that aren't just Legends Night, um, that aren't just about the people of the past. Use the current roster uh, and put together some of these things. You know, what what could a King of the Ring type themed episode of Raw do, you know, for some of these undercard talents? Like there's so much you could do to bring some of these people along. And I know I keep saying King of the Ring, but like there are other ideas you could work with um, on the theme nights. You know, you could do tag the tag team stuff. Like you could do so many different things um, to, to really bring out a uniqueness, a different variety um, like that. You know, and I'm not saying go back to the to the celebrity guest host era <laughs> for all, uh, which they couldn't do that right now anyways. But uh, even if you get back to, to full capacity, which it seems like, you know, sooner rather than later, that may be an actual possibility. And could that change the dynamic of how we view Raw. Will it help some? Of course it will. Uh, having a live audience and not hearing the canned um, boos and all this other stuff that they pipe into these shows each and every week, it's going to be a breath of fresh air. Like you're going to be able to appreciate that aspect a little bit more. But what happens after three or four weeks of that? You know, if the storylines are the same and nothing changes from a product standpoint, okay, having the crowd back is, you know, you're just putting the, a Band-Aid on a really deep wound. Um, that is sort of WWE's creative um, aspect right now when it comes to Raw. Uh, so I think, again, those are short-term, you know, stop gaps you can use uh, to do that. And that seems like that's, that's been the theme over the years is that they've had these short-term fixes. They've gone back to Legends Night. Um, they've gone to those different things that seemingly they've just done so many times at this point. Nothing necessarily feels fresh at times. And yes, you know, having a guy like Bobby Lashley win the championship, that was different. Like you felt pretty good about that. That was something you haven't seen um, in terms of, you know, it's a guy you've rooted for perhaps throughout, you know, his entire career, wanting him to finally reach that top level. Great. He wins the championship. Well, what happens afterwards? <laughs> That's the problem is, you know, you break up the, the main part. The one thing that made him uh, get to that level, you break up that group. 
Uh, and now, you know, we introduced people from another group that was one of the worst booked um, groups probably in WWE history. And so that's what we're saying is that when you have those different elements that you throw into there, um, is Raw at this point just sort of, you know, a hopeless case of where is there just anything WWE is going to be able to do to really bring that interest back for people every single Monday night for three hours. Uh, as of right now, th the confidence level, you know, a lot of people having that is probably very, very low just based on where things are at uh, with Raw. And look, like I said, sometimes, some weeks, Raw is more enjoyable than others. And it is always in the eye of the beholder. There are some people that may have loved Raw this past week. Um, there may have been some people that loved Raw some of the previous weeks. Uh, but I think overall, the numbers tell the story in that the audience is not there that used to be there. And there's a reason, you know, some of those people are going away. Yes, some other reasons because there are so many different streaming options right now when it comes to television. You have so many different options to choose from um, that watching Raw live necessarily is not appointment TV anymore as people get older. And that's something too, as to where, you know, as you get older, you have more options. There may be more uh, things you have to deal with. And it's maybe not just a, a thing every single week where raw is that appointment television that it was, you know, 20 years ago. But for the most part, again, you look at the demo as well. Um, how are you capturing that audience and keeping that audience's attention that again, has so many different options to choose from, whether that's streaming, whether that's television, um, whether that's video games, whether it's social media, there's so many different things you can point to. And if you don't tell good enough stories, you're not going to be able to capture that because some of the TV shows, the best TV shows out there that do huge ratings, like it's because of the stories and the characters and those kind of things um, that doesn't necessarily go along with just the wrestling. But that's the thing. WWE on paper has the full package. They have the wrestling. They have the ability to do the stories and do the great characters. We've seen them do it before. Uh, but as a company that moves more towards the mainstream and has all of this money coming in with these huge contracts with Peacock and everything that they've done financially that has worked, um, they don't necessarily have to make Raw the top priority every single week anymore. And quite frankly... Uh, I think it's showing in the product, and I know that wrestling fans uh, don't love that, but it just seems like that's where we are at this point with Raw, um, because you know for whatever reason, it's the one every single week that I think really can frustrate people, and when you ask people to sink that three hours every single week into this product, that frustration can build and build and build, and it has over the years. Uh, but now that we're seeing kind of the audience to where it is, like we said with the viewership earlier, um, it's it's understandable. And I think at this point, um, there are ways to fix Raw. Uh, and I, I really do think it starts with a, a dedicated focus on building your entire roster and not just, you know, the eight people that are in the main title storylines, because then you don't have anyone to turn to once you get through those storylines. Um that's a, that's part of it, but you've just got to be more consistent with your stories, with your characters, um, and understand that, again, you have so many hours and so many possibilities and so many segments on this show each and every week, and I just don't know that, you know, that they certainly, it feels like at times they certainly don't utilize it um, the, the way that they should, and there are a lot of people who are sitting behind the scenes that are very talented uh, that maybe don't get a say and maybe don't get, you know, on the active roster, maybe don't get that opportunity. And we saw some of the recent WWE releases. You know, I wrote a column 
before Winnemania about the most underutilized talents at WWE right now. And, you know, I only put, I think I put eight on my list, um, but there were a lot of other people that mentioned in the comments, you know, there are a lot of other options you can point to. And when you have that many talented people that you seemingly can't find anything to do with, um, is it the talent's problem or is it a creative problem or is it the problem uh, of having one person uh, making all of these top decisions um, and, and everyone else maybe having decent ideas at times, uh, but they just don't ever get seen. And, and I think that's the discussion you have uh, with Thrall. But um, certainly a very interesting topic, and I would love to hear you know your thoughts on this. And you know you can check us out over at 411mania.com. Uh, you can find the post, actually, what well, we always do a post for these podcasts. If you want to comment and maybe leave some thoughts, you go over to 411mania.com, just go to the wrestling section, uh, go to our columns, and you'll be able to find it. Uh, on there and uh, yeah would love to hear your feedback on just anything you feel like if you're someone who watches raw every single week and you said oh, okay i i can automatically tell you i can pinpoint these things that i think would completely change the landscape of raw and i know a lot of people's comments going to be uh changing the these certain role for one specific man uh, but um if there's anything else that you have thought of that, that maybe i didn't necessarily mention because there are probably so many other things uh, you could point out that could really help the flow of Raw. And I don't even go into uh, the op- some of the obvious ones about the the camera cuts and, and all those other things that we could have an even longer discussion on. Uh, but uh, th- there are a lot of things that stand out uh, when it comes to Raw. And uh, I would love to hear your feedback on what you think kind of about the state of the show right now. Again, maybe you're someone that actually has enjoyed it or thinks that it's much better than it was uh, maybe you know a year ago, two years ago, whatever. Uh, but uh, I would be very curious to know kind of where everyone is at with Raw right now because uh, it just seems like it's a show uh, that, that is heading in the wrong direction. And, and maybe the return of a crowd helps that significantly. Uh, but I just think overall, until uh, you, you do better with consistency, uh, with everything across the board, um, it's it's only going to be able to do so much by, by bringing the crowd back. Uh, you've got to have a lot better uh, creative or, or else it's just not going to get to the level uh, that maybe it could uh, with, with the very, very talented people that you have on the roster. So check that out, uh, 411mania.com. Again, just check out the wrestling section. Go to the columns. Uh, you can leave your feedback there in the comments on this specific uh, podcast post. And check out everything else we got going on over 411mania.com. Uh, lots of news, of course. All our TV reviews uh, each and every week. Uh, and we've got a lot of great columns uh, going up as well. A really fun one we put up uh, a couple days ago on the site to Steve Cook, who joins us here on the podcast and is actually hopefully going to be joining us uh, for something else fun that we have in the works here uh, on the podcast in the coming weeks. Um, but uh, Steve put up a column on his favorite uh, pro wrestling shows he's seen live. So uh, that was a very fun discussion. You can check out uh, all the different ones he mentioned in his top seven, uh, but lots of great uh, ones mentioned as well in the comments. So check all that out, 411mania.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, just search for 411 on wrestling. And as always, uh, the GoFundMe uh, for Larry Zonka's family, uh, you can find that in the show notes uh, here on this episode. Uh, so please continue to share and contribute if you can. And again, everything else, check out uh, 411mania.com. But uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next time here on the 411 on Wrestling Podcast.